Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I cannot believe that I am saying this nearly two weeks following the Tennessee shooting, but there's been another fucking shooting. And this time in Kentucky, this time it was at a bank, a 23-year-old white guy, employee of the bank, went in with a rifle and shot it up, killing four people, injuring nine others. Police were called onto the scene. They got there within three minutes and killed the suspect, but not before he could do so much fucking damage. And if you've been watching the reports come in, one of those that were critically wounded was an officer who this, I believe, was like their 10th or so day on the job. They just graduated from police academy. It's just, you know, folks, it is, we we live in the wild, wild west. We, We really do. And it is really difficult to come on here Every, it feels like every other week there is another mass shooting. And, you know, funny enough, but not funny, we are in, I believe that this is the 100th day of the year, and we have had over 150 shootings. Like that, it just doesn't even make any fucking sense. You know, and what is, what is worse about this one is that it is in a red state that has all of these fucking, you know, wild, wild west laws for conceal and carry and anybody and everybody can get a gun with a Slurpee and, you know, and they're going to blame it on, oh, this person was mentally disturbed. Do we think other nations don't have people that are mentally disturbed? They just don't have access to fucking guns in the way that we do. Do we think that anyone else, like, doesn't suffer from some type of, you know, mental trauma? People do all around the world. It's just that in America, you can get a gun easier, well, of course now, than you can get like anything. 
including an abortion, which on Friday, 6 p.m., we had two conflicting rulings come down on Mifepristone, the abortion pill, which if the judge in Texas, the Trump-backed judge in Texas, if that ruling holds, then Mifepristone, which was approved 20 years ago by the FDA, is another way for the GOP to say, fuck precedent. We don't care, right? So they can pull anything down, bring anything to court. Law and order is just, it was their terminology for the Republican Party, and they clearly don't care about it anymore. And so I I don't know where we find ourselves, dear friends, but I don't feel like we are in a good place, and it feels like things are getting aggressively worse on a passing daily basis. So I'm trying to look for something hopeful. Hopefully something good will happen this week. I hope you all had a restful uh, weekend if you celebrated the holiday or you just, you know, took some time to do something that was joyful and very much needed. And yeah, because we need to ground ourselves in something because this shit is just It's increasingly wild every single day. Coming up next, my conversation with my friend and co-host of Democracy-ish, Wajahat Ali. We get into a really good conversation about religion and politics and, you know, talking about the weaponization of, quote unquote, white evangelical Christianity. And we talk about... Ramadan, which Wajahat is in the midst of celebrating. And, you know, the fact that you have this Islam, right, has uh, 1.7 billion followers. And you would think in this country, you know, that says that we are, you know, open for, for all people. There's not a mention, right? Not in the same way that you hear about Passover, not in the same way that you obviously hear about Easter, um, no acknowledgement uh, whatsoever. And I talk about that with Wajahat and what it feels like to be in this religion that is so very large, right, with so many followers and practitioners and not have that acknowledgement. It's pretty much, you know, invisible in the United States and what that feels like. So that is coming up next. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee. 
or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again, the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances, and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I am so excited to welcome back to uh, Woke AF Daily my friend and co-host of Democracy-ish, Wajahat Ali, who is also the author of the book, Go Back to Where You Came From, and Other Helpful Recommendations on How to Become American. Um, Waj, one, um, it is Ramadan. Uh, so happy Ramadan to you. Um, I realize that while Ramadan is in my calendar, right? I, it's, I have all my holidays that come up and, you know, I reach out and, you know, share well wishes to my friends of different, uh, religious affiliations. You get no love in this country, huh? Yeah. Ain't nobody. Mention it anytime. No, it is not. It is not. There is no Eid Murbach on like on any network. No, nobody. Maybe other than Amen uh, or Medi will mention anything. Um, so I just like, what is that experience like to be a part of a religion that is like a billion plus strong, right? Like it's not a small religion. Uh, and yet there is no recognition in this, in this country. It, uh, yeah, we've got numbers, we've got challenges and problems, but we've also got numbers. So if other religions are struggling right now, like I have Jewish friends, they're like, you know what we envy about Muslims? I'm like, what? There's a lot of you. (laughs) There's only 17 million of us. Uh, it's one of the situations that even though I was born and raised in this country, right. And you know, this as a black queer woman. We're not trying to replace anybody. And I mention this because the white supremacist, and I always want to mention to people, it's a white supremacist conspiracy theory that came from the swamps of the KKK and Nazis that now over a third of Americans believe because one political party in particular and one network in particular, Fox, has mainstreamed it, that we are trying to actively replace and weaken Western white Christian civilization, right? And I always joke with folks that if you only knew we didn't want to replace you. We just wanted an invite to the party. We just wanted some acknowledgement. We wanted a speaking role. And I say all this because we wanted to up, be a character with a background. Yeah, you know? just character not with just, like I don't know an arc. Brown friend X. <laughs> a name, an arc, yeah. like something, just a few lines. You know, 
Uh, and I say that because when you grow up in this country, uh, you know, you learn the Christian songs. You you learn uh, some mm-hmm. of, about the Jewish traditions. Um, mm-hmm. And Jews had to mainstream themselves, right? Even with Judeo-Christian, that's a recent innovation. That's only like 100 years old. Before then, it was very clearly Christian. You would never add the word Judeo. Right? Like probably even 50 years ago, you, would, you wouldn't have done that. So that's new. The fact that America says, oh, Jews, welcome, Passover, you know, wonderful Hanukkah. Nothing for Muslims, even though, like you said, 1.7 billion people over 1,400 yeah. years of Islamic civilization. So growing up, you know, we were just like, uh, we're doing Eid for something called Ramadan. Your teacher's like, what's that? Are you making something up? Like, I swear to God, we're not. I just need to take a day off. Which day? Well, you know, we have to look at the moon. So some people are going to do Tuesday and some people are going to do Wednesday. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And like, I swear, teacher, I'm not, it's not a con. And then a few years ago, coinciding with our, our Muslim brother's elevation to the White House, Barack Obama, you saw a slow, <laughs> you know, uh, our, our brother who prays towards Mecca uh, and says Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior and celebrates Easter and had a reverend oh, and eats shit. pork openly. But I digress. You, you saw a small trend, Daniel, where you saw the stamp and people are like, well, what is this? Who cares about the stamp? Like the fact that there's an eat stamp, the fact that Mm. Lego and Sesame Street over the past couple of years on, on, on Twitter or Instagram, say Ramadan Mubarak or Eid Mubarak. Uh, the fact that uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and others in the State Department and the White House Iftar, excuse me, the White House do uh, an Iftar, right? Like a Ramadan Iftar. Um, and they do a State Department like Eid celebration, which, by the way, I want to remind people, the Trumps, when they came in, they ended that. Huh. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why. So right. that's one of those situations where you ask a simple question, but even if you look at what I just said with Trump, why did he continue the other celebrations and went out of his way to say, now nah, we're not going to do the Eid celebration? Because Muslim, even though the first, I would say, even though Muslims have been here for 400 years, a third of mm. the slave trade that was brought here forcibly against its will was Muslim. Our blood, our sweat, our tears, our labor have fertilized this country. Uh, Muhammad Ali, one of the most well-known athletes of all time, who's given the honor of lighting the Olympic torch for the 96 Olympics, Muslim, uh, even though we're part and parcel of America, we're still seen as foreign, as the other, and as them. And and it's one of those interesting situations is how do you love a country that doesn't love you back? And how does it feel to be American when your country says you're both us and them? And that is is how it is to be a Muslim and to celebrate Ramadan growing up in this country. But concisely to answer your question, the last few years, if you build it, they will come. If you teach people, they'll understand. People ain't dumb. Slowly but surely, people are like, oh, Eid, Ramadan. Muslims are fasting. Not even water? Not even water. Like they become more aware. They become more empathetic. If you teach people, it becomes part and parcel of the fabric. Oh, halal meat. Oh, Muslims eat really well during Ramadan. <laughs> eat parties are the bomb. So it's just one of those situations that now at the age of 42, I feel like my kids will finally get an America where Ramadan and Eid and halal is an integral part of the American experience and not seen as something as villainous, evil, foreign, and other. You know, it's, it's and I, I, I love you for, for giving that his kind of historic breakdown of your experience because... What I experienced um, over Passover with one of my best friends who is Jewish and what she has found, you know, she was raised 
um, in a kind of hybrid religion household. But as she is experiencing and witnessing the rise of anti-Semitism in this country, she is choosing, actively choosing to really, um, really ground herself in, uh, in Judaism in a way that she hadn't, you know, uh, 10 years ago. And what I'm finding is that there are lots of people, uh, whether they are Jewish or Muslim, Christian, um, even of spir- like uh, in, in spiritual practices, doubling down and grounding in faith as the world around us becomes more tumultuous. Mm. And so I wanted to get your thoughts because we love to believe that we are a, a country that has separation of church and state, which I always find so interesting when even on our money, it says in God we trust <laughs> that at the end of each president, regardless of parties, you know, speech that they will, God bless the troops and God bless this country. Like, so it's, it's in, like we don't pray at school as of right now. Um, I'm certain that uh, a, a second term President Trump or a President DeSantis would have that change. But yeah. what do you what do you think about this grounding, this kind of doubling down of faith that seems to be taking hold? You know, human beings since the beginning, since the Cro-Magnon times, ever since we've developed the capacity for you know language and communication and higher thinking and art. Uh, the latest, the, the artwork, the earliest artwork of, of our human ancestors, right, uh, depicts some belief, uh, some idea that we're not alone, that there is a metaphysical other, right? I think it's fundamental to most humans to, to not necessarily subscribe to an organized religion, but to be spiritual. Uh, I remember David Bowie even said, like, you know, even though he wasn't religious, but like, you know, even he finds himself like praying in times of immense crisis, right? Uh, so I think when it comes to humanity, there is just something there always ingrained within our narrative and our storytelling that wants us to believe that there is something, some benevolent force, some being, some enemy, some ether that that is, that is made of love and will, will protect us and comfort us, okay? Uh, organized religion, uh, is getting a bad rap because organized religion has been used and abused by many of its practitioners as right. a sword against the weak and as a mm-hmm. shield to protect their power, uh, as a bulwark against modernity and progress, which is why we shouldn't be surprised, Danielle, that with Gen Z and millennials, there's so many nuns, not the nuns who wear the habit, but N-O-N-E-S. That's an actual word. So these are people who are unaffiliated. They're like, I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with Islam. I'm done with Hinduism. Any organized religion, I'm done. And coming from a religious community, uh, you know, you see all these uncles and aunties you know, freak out. We're losing them. We're losing them. Why are we losing them? It's like what Scott Walker did recently, right? We need to do religious indoctrination. <laughs> we need, basically, he was saying we need to do indoctrination skills. How are these Tennessee youth, you know, doing these protests? And how come they're they're so upset? Ah, we failed them. Uh, maybe because they realize what you're selling them is toxic and is killing them. And they're rebelling right. against you. Maybe women want equal rights. Maybe, quote unquote, minorities want to be treated respectfully. And they've seen organized religion used as a weapon. And they've seen the prophets turned into political mascots like Jesus in this country. So that explains the rise of the N-O-N-E-S. Now, this is what's interesting. Just because Gen Z and millennials in particular have rapidly, Daniel, in like the last 15 years, like shifted. If you look at the numbers, it's it's fascinating. Bobby Jones of PRRI does this. He's like the shift 
of people moving away from religion in one generation in America, this very religious country, that separation of church and state. But you and I, you know, you know, you and I know that's BS because right. the white evangelical Christians have always been their own uh, party, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, that has been a party of violence and a party of white supremacy. Not all, but I'm just keeping it real. But he says the shift is stunning, but those nuns are still still spiritual, Daniel. That's what's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're still searching. So it's like people say, oh, they're all leaving. I'm like, they're not. They're leaving you, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still searching for meaning, for purpose, for community. And I think what the pandemic has done, Daniel, and with the rise of income inequality and the rise of isolation and social media, people desperately want belonging. They want community. They see that materialism and the likes in the Instagram posts and the TikToks don't give them that sense of fulfillment, which is why I think you're seeing some of these folks double down. The other reason you're seeing people double down is in the face of modernity and in the face of crisis and the face of challenges, instead of expanding themselves, they're restricting themselves. Instead of creating a story where the tent is bigger and and has shade for everyone, they're like, I'm going to make sure my tent protects me and my tribe. And yep. this is where you see religious chauvinism and white supremacy and Jesus being used as a mascot for, you know, for white supremacy and white evangelical Christianity, where it's like, I will reject modernity, I will double down, I will bury my head in the sand, and I will, I will use religion as a sword against my perceived enemies, and I will use it as a shield to protect my power and privilege, which is under threat by forces I cannot comprehend. It's too confusing. And so... This is, you know, my explanation of the doubling down in which in in one way, which is negative, which I hope is clear and the type of return to <laughs> I just laugh all the time. Friggin', I always feel bad, like like I, I never get on the grift because I'm not a good businessman. Like like <laughs> the Gwyneth Paltrow's and, and the goops of the world are now like frigging charging ten dollars for turmeric. And I'm like turmeric, the stuff that my grandmother has that we eat every day. That shit is being sold at like Whole Food for 20 bucks. Remember bone broth? They used to like give away those bones for free. And like yep. Jamaicans and Muslims are like, yep, yay. Yep, and now freaking yep. white women have discovered <laughs> bone broth. And now this crap sells for like 30 bucks. You're like, mother effing Gwyneth Paltrow. And like the whole wellness industry is so amusing to me. Because all the stuff that we've been doing, Daniel, for thousands mm-hmm. of years. Meditation. Gratitude. Intermittent yep. fasting, which is I'm doing right now. Like rich whites are like, you know what we just discovered? Intermittent fasting. And meditation and turmeric give us a thousand dollars. So that is like a succinct way of saying the return of, of of people in modernity who rejected organized religion, but are now going to these old school rituals to find peace. Ain't that something? Yeah, well, I, one, I, it's hilarious, um, and 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 you recognize it so much. I mean, uh, I I will say my mother owns a yoga studio uh, on Long Island, and you know a lot of what has grounded her has been like from her childhood, right? And obviously like, you know, uh, Buddhism and Hinduism and then like the recognition that, you know, her mother was half Indian because my great grandmother was from Calcutta, Mm. right? Like, and so there is just like this connection and interwovenness, but there's always, when it comes to whiteness, there is always this like Columbusing of shit um, and not necessarily an integration. It's like, we have found this. And so we're offering your stuff back to you <laughs> at higher value. Uh, turmeric, for example. Mother correct. effing turmeric. 
oxtail. Okay, well, let me just put it out there. Oxtail. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that what is really what is really fascinating, and, and this has been my kind of journey, is that I have always been intrigued by various religions. And, you know, I went to a Catholic university um, and had to take uh, a religion of the world as, mm. you know, as uh, in order to graduate. And it was one of the most eye opening. And I think that because I was raised as a Protestant, but not really because I stopped going to church when I was 10 and then don't had never subscribed to any organized religion because I thought that it was oppressive by nature have always been a person that is very interested in faith. And you and I joke about this weekly on Democracy-ish when I say I have a mustard seed of faith. I have become increasingly more spiritual and more practiced and more linked to tradition over the past several years. And I couldn't decide whether that was coming out of the fact that, you know, I'm getting older um, or like the fact that the world feels like it's going to shit and I need to ground in something. 
a combination of, of all of those things. But I think by virtue of not subscribing to one religion or the other, I have kept this, this sense of, um, wonder Mm. and interest. And what I, what I have, what I realized while celebrating Passover with one of my best friends and her husband is that that's what Republicans don't want people to have which is this sense of wonder, Mm. this mutual respect and community building and connectedness that allows me to want to be interesting in what your experience during Ramadan is like and what the principles of Islam teach about that, right? While still holding the fact that it's not my religion, but I'm interested to know how one of my friends is grounded in practice on a regular day. Do you, like, does that yeah. make sense? That no, like it, it, it does it, make it, sense it, because pers- yeah, precisely what c- became an aha moment for me is exactly what they're trying to denounce and erase. I'm not surprised at all because you know God is love and God is truth and all paths lead to God and not everyone is meant to be Muslim or or on the path that's according to Muslims, right? But God nonetheless is the creator. Uh, and so what's the role then of the quote-unquote believer or the person who ascribes to the religious tradition? What it should be uh, is that you are on your way and I'm on my way, but you walk this world in service to God and to others. So when you see how religion, specifically say Islam, in some in some parts spread, never through the politicking, never through the sword, really. How it re- I'm talking about how it really entered hearts, Daniel, like how it really mm-hmm, inspired mm-hmm. people. It was through men and women who did their rituals followed their path, were surrounded by non-Muslims, and they treated them with kindness, compassion, and love. They gave them shelter when they had no shelter. They gave them food when they were hungry. They gave them water when they were thirsty, and they expected nothing in return. And they fasted. They gave charity. They prayed. They had a discipline. And then folks saw that and said, that person seems content. That person seems happy. I want to taste what that person's drinking. And that's how it entered into people's heart. That's how it mm. stuck. And when you see people like who who then you know convert to religion or become more religious as they get older, and who are stable people, and you ask them like, "What did it?" and and they said, "Someone was kind to me. You know, someone was generous to me. Someone had a type of discipline that I really envied. Someone had some balance in their life. I, I it's, it was very attractive to me. It was very beautiful." The reason why so many people turn away from religion is because what they're offering, and I, and I say for all organized religions, right? Oftentimes, I was having a conversation with a reverend who's also a, a, a PhD doctor, and you know he's Christian, and he said, you see, you know, he was talking about his own church, the corruption, the misogyny, the abuse of power, the, the, the taking of the wealth. And I'm like, oh, sounds like most mosques, sounds like most synagogues, you know, people using and abusing God uh, the language of God, the prophets, uh, to maintain power for themselves. Yep. And mm-hmm. anyone and everything that is hostile to them or threatens that power can be erased. And this is how religion is so powerful is that you, you don't, you, with religion and the abuse of religion, you could say, I have the celestial stamp of approval to put my boot on your neck. Mm-hmm. Who are you to go against God? And by the way, I just happen to be a vice regent of God, just because I say I am, right? And so when this happens, Daniel, you see the disconnect, as you mentioned, that here you are, that you you know, grew up one way, but you're not religious. You don't scrap to organized religion, but you find yourself at this day in your life finding benefit and solace and comfort from religious communities and practices. 
mm-hmm. uh, and you're trying to reconcile h- how these things work. And I think that's the reconciliation is because this has been around for thousands of years. That wisdom, whether you believe in God or not, has been passed on from thousands of years. Buddhist monks, Hindus, Jews, they must be onto something, Daniel. <laughs> People are saying generation after generation, like meditation, breathing, giving, charity helps you. But then once that has been packaged by Republicans as a vehicle of domination and white supremacy and hate, you see what happens when fear and loathing replace love and service. And yep. you see it in the United States of America, where they're literally denying children from low-income families food Ooh. and lunch. And you sit there and go, how do you reconcile that with the teachings and life of Jesus? who gave us life for the most poor and downtrodden. And you don't, because for them, Jesus has been hijacked into a white supremacist mascot with an AR-15, who's not even riding, who's not even driving the the pickup truck. He's riding shotgun. Mm. Let me tell you something, Waj. You are, <laughs> you are a prophet in your own right. The way that you're always able to intertwine so many different issues and fabrics of our being um, to bring clarity to the situations that we are living with and these complex crises um, is just so beautiful, my friend. Um, I talked too I, much, but I made you like <laughs> easy today. <laughs> you did and you do. And I love it. And it's why I love doing a show with you each week. So um, folks, if you have not, if you have not, which you should have uh, picked up Wash's book, go back to where you came from and other helpful recommendations on how to become American, get it everywhere that you get your books and make sure uh, that each Thursday you are checking out us, our dynamic duo on Democracy-ish, which goes up every Thursday. My friend, I thank you so much for your time, your brilliance and insight. Thank you so much. I'll be talking to you in a few days. (laughs) In a few days. Yay. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.